joining us once again from the Smoking Jays, the one and only Jared Erickson, who is here to uh, vouch for his Chiefs one and two start today. <sighs> Damn. Just going right in, huh? Worse well, than the Jets. Wow. Yeah, this is going, no, it's this not. Is, this is going so right we got one win between our three teams. Yeah, that's a true statement. It's pretty bad. Especially oh, because your team's supposed to be good. He just turned off his camera. He's so embarrassed about it. Oh, no, I was I was just uh, partaking in your shared uh, oh, were you Archie Manning's at balls. Archie Manning's balls <laughs> that I just sent you from the yeah. ESPN2 broadcast. Um, well, let's go right into the Chiefs. Jared, what's going on in KC? Oh, God. <sighs> well, so I, I was actually going to allow you the first moment to gloat because I know you wanted to gloat on how you think that you're right. And then I was going <laughs> to... I was then going to take my opportunity to then strike down your your dreams and tell you why you were right, but you were completely wrong. So so take your moment to gloat so that I can. So my rightness about the Chiefs offensive line still having to put together is can apply to the Ravens game. I don't know if it can apply to the Chargers game quite as much. And I think during our preseason, because this is going to continue my bragging about things I've been right about, but I think I called the. Ravens winning that game too during our preseason preview. Yeah, well, I definitely called the Chiefs start possibly starting one and two. You did call that. Yeah, so Credit. a, Ra- a Raymond loss would obviously be the one. Actually, these are probably the two losses: the Ravens and the Chargers. I remember I'm I'm you know, I'm high on the Chargers going into the season. So so far they're proving you right. And so far they've definitely. I like Herbert a lot, man. He's a good quarterback. I don't care. Yeah, and he's got. I had him in fantasy last year. He was great. He yeah. helped me win my league. Yeah. So and, and Mahomes had to put some respect on his name, so he he. He earned it, um, did. but I, I've been, since you sent the message about gloating on how you called it, um, I've been looking forward to today so that I could tell you, you did call it. So you were, you were correct um, in the record, but in true Giants fashion, you were right, but you were completely wrong. Um, so I don't put it on the O-line at all. Um so I'll, I'll go back to the Ravens loss that that one actually, I think that stung more than the chargers loss. So the defense completely choked. I mean, if, if the defense is just allowing Lamar Jackson to do whatever the hell he wants up and down the field repeatedly, you're never going to win a game. Um, th- there's just no way, shape or form that, you will win a game when you just allow the other offense to just, yeah, sure, do what you want. I'll, maybe we'll stop you, but probably not. Um, so the defense completely choked. And and the Ravens are down like everybody too. So yeah. that's, a, that's a very fair argument. But at the same time, the Ravens defense made a lot of big plays late in that game to ensure that win at the expense of the chiefs in their offensive line. They did. Um, I, I don't think they took as much advantage of the, of the O line as what was expected of a completely new squad assembled. Um, but then Sunday's game was just horrendous. Um, and it's turnovers. It's not your offensive line. It's, you can't hold on to a football. Yeah. You're going to lose the game. Like I, I, I really, this is what, see, this is season two of Edwards Alaire. And I really want to believe in him because everybody spoke so highly of him coming out of, of college and, Oh, he's, you know, he's exactly what the chiefs need. And he's shown some moments between last season and this season, but I would almost, I'd almost want Williams back. Cause I know that he really only showed up big in the playoffs let or two years ago. I'd, I'd almost rather have him back over Edwards Alaire. Well, anybody um, that shows up big in the playoffs in the year you win the Super Bowl, somebody you want back on your team. Yeah. And I know that he sat out last year. No idea what that's like. Yeah. Well, eventually you guys will get that second Super Bowl win. I'm not sure if you'll be alive to see it, but it'll happen eventually. Yes. I'm thinking I probably won't. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. I, I, yeah. so, so where are the Chiefs going to I turn will, it around? Um, cleaning off their receiver gloves, making sure that they do actually stick like they're supposed to. Um, perhaps pulling Edwards Alaire aside 
beating them with the proverbial, you know, soap bar in the sock and just say, you, you can't, you can't cough up the ball like that. You just can't do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think everyone on the offense needs to have, with the exception of, well, we'll get to Zeus in a second, but everybody who had ball handling issues, giggity, um, will be brought to the side and basically re-educated on how to properly hold a football. Um, and then I, I'm not worried. In short, I'm not worried at all. So can, I, can I jump in a little bit there? Because I, I fundamentals. Go ahead. I yes. agree. I, I, the way I'm looking at it, you lost two excruciatingly co- close games that came down to the last play right. that easily could have been won on a coin flip. You could easily be three and zero. Oh. Nobody right. knows who's good in the NFL until like week eight or nine, anyway. But the truth of the matter is, you lost two close games. The sky's not falling. The Chiefs are going to no. be fine. There's plenty of time to recover and still win that division. And you have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So again, that's that's the same biggest, thing I would say to the, Dan. That's the big Pat Mahomes. You lost the big thing. Same thing I would say to Dan in a way, even though the last thing I want to do is provide therapy to a Giants fan, but mm. probably need more like senior care than therapy. Oh, he'll he'll but, get his yeah, his turn's I, coming. But I mean Giants well, and then bingo at the senior home. Um those are the Frank, two things that are on. Yeah. Frank Clark, Frank Clark was absent again this week. Um they're saying he should be good to go for week four. Um, as much as he had his off field preseason issues, um, Frank Clark is Clark, the shark. I mean, he's, he gets in there and he disrupts and, um, between him and Tyron Matthew, they're my two favorite to watch on the defense. Is that Um, an any given Sunday reference? Don't worry about it. Which no, no, (laughs) it, 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 um, uh, no, I, I I I threw you off now. (laughs) <laughs> you did, but that's right. Um, not having him uh, hurt the defense, I think. Um, I think they started to tighten it up in this game, and this was the offense's week to just completely choke. But like you said, the sky is not falling, although some in the sports media world will tell you, holy crap, the Chiefs are in last place. It must be the end of the universe. It's week three, people. Chill week out. Three, yeah, yeah. It will um, be. I would be mildly concerned, but not even full on concerned if you lose to the Eagles on the road. So that's the one because yeah. I don't think the Eagle I don't think the Eagles are anywhere in the in the no. hemisphere. But nope. they are playing. They are. Eh, they kind of put up a shitter last they night, but they were playing well. By yeah. Last night. yeah. But, but, you know, you think about it, too. It's Andy Reid's former team. So those players, they love Andy Reid. They're going to come in hyped up as shit to yes, embarrass the absolutely. Eagles. Um, so I, I wish that I could bring my kids to that game. But, you know. I'm not looking at my kids. You don't need to get anybody in the hospital. Are you going again? I wish I could. I really, I, I, yeah, I wish, I wish if Philly weren't, if Philly wasn't filled with a bunch of disgusting, rabid foaming animals, probably, but no, um, I I will say this. my, My last and final, oh, never. Um, my last and final point, um, of why I'm not concerned is is zeus um even though he is rebuilding the beard travis kelsey still is travis kelsey um i mean it wasn't his finest game by any measure but it was still, still up over 100 yards <laughs> exactly so um and and i'll still say it, greatest tight end in the game um and i, I don't want to hear any arguments hey man, I used they're the null first, and void i used the first round fantasy draft pick on him and people thought i was insane and I was like, listen, nope. the only year I have won this league is when I drafted Gronk in the first round. It was like 2012 when it was still worth drafting right. Gronk in the first When round. Gronk was still Gronk. And then I went and drafted Tony Gonzalez in like the fifth round. And they're like, why are you drafting two tight ends? It's so stupid. I'm like, because they both put up wide receiver numbers and I can flex exactly. one of them every week. And they're probably, and that's the season I let Des Bryant ride the bench the whole season. Um, yeah. I would take. Gronk in his prime over Kelsey in his Kels in his prime. So I think, fighting Kels, words. I think Kels moves a little better than Gronk. He does. The thing is Gronk block yeah. Gronk is a much better pass blocker and that also and a much better run blocker. And so for me, that gives him the edge as a tight end just because you have no idea what's going to happen when he's out on the field. Doesn't matter with Kels. He still yeah, gets you, open on like every play. You know play. it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah you know it's going to happen. He still does it. But it's week. just those plays 
and Gronk's still doing it with Brady to a certain extent. I think in week one, he had one where those plays where he'll like stay in and block and then leave late and catch a touchdown pass because everybody stopped looking at him. Like, it's just, those plays always are just, you can't run that with like the wide receiver type tight end. You need that tight end who can do everything. And so he's just. But then I, I don't remember seeing Gronk like just kind of slowly work his way out into the field, then catch what probably should have been a 20 yard pass but bully his way all the way to the touchdown. I've seen that him was, do that many times. Um, yeah, in his prime. Yeah, Gronk's in his prime. Yeah. Yeah. prime. yeah, like it's a, I, 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 that's. I, I, I mean, that don't get me wrong. Matt's a Jets so, fan. He's seen. I'm that a Jets funny. fan. I've seen <laughs> that so many times. What I will that's tell wild. you is this: I have no love for the Patriots. I have no love for any of that. I would prefer the Chiefs, especially. But at the same time, I I just maybe it's because I live up here in New England and I saw Gronk's prime and I just saw how freaking good he was and just what a difference he made for Brady too at the time in his career Mm -hmm. when maybe things were maybe their offensive system was trying starting to get figured out a little bit like the Jets had Gronk was on that team but the Jets fucking shut them down in the playoffs in 2010 Mm -hmm. and and you'll know because I'll never stop talking about that game for the rest of my life but can't wait yeah they were I felt like and then the Giants kind of shut them down the next year like I felt like teams were starting to figure it out, but that was also Gronk's breakout year, but he was injured in that Super Bowl. And so whenever he was injured, you would always kind of see the difference between the Patriots offense. Oh yeah. Versus, and especially late that, that win against, he didn't do a ton in that win against um, what was it? The Rams for the Super Bowl win, but like his presence made broke that game open, allowed the Patriots to score that touchdown. Gronk is the and most that's... important player in Tom Brady's career without a doubt. Yes. Yes, yeah. and, I mean, and that's, that's why, why I'm not. Tampa with him. And that's why I'm. I'm but they not film stupid commercials worried. together. Oh God, I hate that. That's why. That's why I'm not worried about the roof caving in because Gronk's coming with me. <laughs> are you going to? I hate your both of them. You said that man would be funny. <laughs> I hate both of them. I, All right. I just. I. I know he's the X factor that keeps. He's also keeps really. The, he is really funny. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna I'm just gonna I wanna move on from there. I'm just gonna throw a couple things out there. We don't say much about a lot of these games, such as like the cards beat the Jags and the cards win without Kyler Murray throwing a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence had a pretty bad game, but we only hear about Zach Wilson. Uh Justin Fields had a pretty bad game, but we only hear about Zach Wilson. We hear Mac plenty. Jones whoa, had whoa, a pretty whoa, bad whoa, game, whoa, but whoa. we only hear about Zach whoa. Wilson. We have heard plenty about Tre- uh, Justin Fields getting walloped. Lawrence oh, really? I haven't seen it. Lawrence, yeah. I, I will give Lawrence. Lawrence was 22 with 34. He had a pretty decent completion percentage. He's just still making bad throws that rookies make. Yeah, but it's um, fine. He's a rookie. None of them yeah. should, none of their performances should be concerning. Although it is really fun to troll Pats fans and just mention like how Zach Mac Jones has like three air yards per complete, per pass, not completion, but per pass attempt. It's like he is not throwing the ball. He's right. just checking it down. That is. When we get to the Jets, can we talk about the Jets? Can we just get it over with? Sure, go for it. Go for okay. It. So we need to put the dumpster fire out anyways. Last week, the Jets, Zach Will. So week one, Zach Wilson came back in the second half, brought the Jets back into the game, almost single-handedly. Really exciting stuff. Was taking hits. They were peeling him off the turf every two seconds. Patriots game, rough game, learning experience. But he kept going out there and he kept trying to make plays, which I liked because he's a rookie and he needs to go out there and get experience playing shitty against NFL defenses. So he understands what looks to throw into what to do in certain situations. And that only comes with experience. So he has to experience sucking and that's fine. I hope it's never as bad as it was against the Patriots. Cause they could have actually won that game. He threw it away. Basically I, the score yep. flattered the Patriots. I felt right. like, right, right. but this week against Denver, he did his fucking, he did a Mac Jones impression. He went out there and every play was a check down. It was almost like he was worried, more worried about turning it over. And that worries me a bit. I'm worried the coaching staff went, I said worried like 30 times there, that I'm concerned the coaching staff went to him and were like, oh, limit the turnovers. But he's a rookie quarterback. And if the Jets are going to be good, it's going to be because he emerges as an elite quarterback because they are not doing a great job building out the rest of that roster. So let him go out there. Let him take his lumps. The check downs, he had like 90 yards throwing. It was kind of garbage. And also, apparently, his adjusted completion percentage, if you take out all the drops, is like 70%. Oh, so that's so, good. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. that's a good sign. Yeah, and he had, I think, 
there was one that was out of the receiver's hands directly to a defender this week. Same with one Patriots game. He was bad. I didn't think he was terrible this week. I just thought he played it way too safe. And then, you know, it is what it is. So I'm disappointed. Rookie, rookie quarterback, most rookies on any roster in the NFL, rookie coach, rookie offensive coordinator, though I'm patient. I'm willing to let them learn my problem now. And Dan, you're going to be shocked to hear this. I'm starting to sour on Joe Douglas as GM because at a certain point, your draft classes have to start producing starters and none of his yeah. seem to be producing starters. And that's a problem. Nice. So if you're coming in and you're saying we're going to build a wall in front of our quarterback and the stunt, which is like the simplest defensive line play causes your offensive line to just fucking crumble to shit when two players stunt. And so then you have like controller disconnected, somebody standing there in the middle while everybody rushes by them. That's a problem. You said you were going to build a wall in front of Sam Darnold. You didn't do that. You said you were going to build a wall in front of Zach Wilson. You haven't done that. So put up or shut up with the offensive line. It's time to hand out a big contract to somebody. Dude, that picture you sent to me of that, that whose tweet was that McGovern's Twitter? Yeah. Where he was for, I can't fathom what they were thinking in that blocking team. So if the left guard is double teaming in the B gap, then either he should be quick chipping on, on the guy on the nose in the A, or he's just going over, or the guy at the center should be hitting the nose in the A. The center's response was responsible for that nose tackle in that picture. Because because um But he said he was responsible for the B gap and that he was doing his job by just no, standing he said he was there. responsible for the right oh, B yeah. gap. Oh right, like, a, you yeah. You still have to chip, like you got to chip at least the uh, the nose tackle for your help your running back out, and you can't just and especially like yeah, you're responsible for the a gap, but if like the middle linebacker isn't blitzing, you're you're respond you're just standing there. You have to it's know weird. to you have to know as an offensive lineman, make an adjustment there and realize it's that weird. your middle linebacker is not blitzing, and you need to hold that nose tackle up and help your running back out. Exactly, and it's weird that. I'll, sorry, it's weird that offensive linemen, the center and the right guard are the worst ones. They're standing there, controller disconnected, just watching guys run by. Yeah. And then they have the nerve to say to the press that Sam, that uh, Zach, Zach Wilson. Throw the ball get, yeah. Sorry, I've been doing this for so many quarterbacks. I'm starting to get them mixed up. <laughs> it's just, look, in in any career, in any profession, when you start saying, not, I didn't screw up, it was his fault. It's never good. Fault. Never. Yeah, it was your fault, and you know you're a hundred percent of the times I've done that in my professional career, I've been the one at fault. Also, you're a team. It's all your fault. It's all eleven of your guys' fault. That's how you should look at it. You should be exactly a team. That's that's what great teams do. They fix it. They address it as a team, and they fix it as a team. And even if you have that shit to say, go say it behind closed doors. Don't go vent to the press in a therapy session just because you're getting tough questions. Why don't you go anyway, talk, go talk to your rookie quarterback and have a conversation with him and figure out ways to make it better. Broncos 26, Jets no. zero. I would, I would be ecstatic if I got to experience what you guys get to experience, which is an exciting game for four quarters because all of these games have just been over. But it, yeah. So anyway, that's enough about the Jets. You guys, you I'll can. I'll let you Giants. guys make fun let's of knock, me. Yeah. Let's let's knock it out of the way because. I don't know if I would call what the Giants and Falcons did this past weekend exciting. Washington, yes, that was a really good game. Like, we talked about that was a shockingly low-key good game. There was nothing good about this Giants-Falcons game. It was two bad teams playing a bad, low-scoring football game. Um, the Giants have to start getting aggressive. Like, they just gonna, like you're saying with Zach, they're just going to have to let Daniel Jones go again. Daniel Jones can throw a deep ball. We all know that. We've seen him. He, he, had a, he made a beautiful throw in the first quarter to C.J. Board in that game. Just a beautiful pinpoint, over-the-shoulder, beautiful catch. The Giants' offensive line is not consistent enough to sustain long 15-play drives that Joe Judge wants. They're not good enough. You need to take shots down the field. You're not scoring anyway going for these long drives, so you may as well just go for it. If that means Daniel Jones throws more interceptions, then we know Daniel Jones isn't the quarterback that's going to lead the Giants out of this hellhole we've been in for the past four or five years. Um... On top of that, I mean, like, there was one player, Judge, late in the game. It's fourth and short. They're in, I think they were in Falcons territory. Like, it just gotten in. And they punted it. And, you know, Fool always going to punt saw that. It. Yeah. And Judge's response was, well, well, we've had them punt. So, if they punt back, we have good field position. And I'm like, or you get the first down and you still have good field position, asswipe. And on top of that, 
you have one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, like Daniel Jones. Let's be real. He's a top five in terms of mobile quarterbacks and the ability to run. He's one of the best mm-hmm. in the league, you know. And, and at a certain point, it's not about being courageous. There's actually statistics that back up going for these fourth down plays gives you a better chance of winning the game. Yes. So it's just. This is where a judge yeah. is really proving that he's in over his head. And Garrett's going to be the first one scapegoated. That's just all there is to it. He's going to be the first one to go. He's going to be the scapegoat because he's Garrett. And, that, and and I don't agree with the way Garrett's called a lot of games. Um, Jones is starting to get a little better at calling audibles and making the offense his own. And like, you know, even you complimented Jones last week. And I'm, I'm you know, the past two games I've seen. He had a good game. From, yeah, the past two games I've seen things from Daniel Jones that give me way, like the confidence I had at the end of his rookie season. Like the end of his rookie season, I'm like, okay, this kid can throw a football. We're, we're going to be okay. And then the second season was fucking a disaster. And then this year I'm starting to see some things again. He's not fun. He's not turning the ball over as much. You're seeing more confidence open up the fucking playbook when the giants looked good against washington is when garrett opened up the playbook and let him throw the ball downfield kenny galladay got paid for doing 15 plus yard routes not 15 yards and in routes that's how he got paid let the man play the way he got paid and for fuck's sake start getting tony the ball when he got the ball he made he looked good when he actually had the ball in his hands this week tony like he had only had two receptions but he looked good with the ball in his hands he can make people miss he Does he finally have more NFL yards than the rest of us, than all of us? <laughs> has he so. finally breached that? <laughs> He's fi- he finally has NFL yards, yes. So, like, <laughs> it's, it's frustrating because I can see there's like some good players, I feel, on this team. They take the offensive line out of it, of course. We're not in the, in the realm of the Jets. I see that argument to you because we can. the Giants can pass block. Like The pass blocking is much improved. They have no push. Um, but, you know, Matt, you're, Saquon's dancing too much. Like, he's back, he's healthy, he's dancing, he's got to hit the holes. He's Like, the offensive lines, I feel like, gotten a little better each game. Hit your holes, stop trying to hit home runs, get four- and five-yard carries. Get four- and five-yard carries. He's got to start doing that. He has yeah. to start doing that. That's just all there is to it now at this point. That's Question the type of offensive you. line you have. You're not going to break big runs in this. This offensive line does not run block good enough for you to ever have the opportunity to break the big runs you want. If there's one blocker you can, if there's one guy you have to make miss, it's different than having four guys you have to make miss. Question for you as a Giants fan. Yes. Do you think Joe Judge makes it to the end of the season? I think Garrett doesn't. I think Joe Judge does because there's, no, you know why? Joe Judge might not because you might, you can just put what's his face, the defensive coordinator and is the interim head coach or Garrett. One of the three of them, one of either the two, one of the two coordinators, actually rephrase that, the defensive coordinator I think is safe. Either Judge or Garrett's going to go before the end of the season. If Judge goes, Garrett will probably become the interim head coach because he's got the experience. Or Garrett goes. And if Garrett goes, Judge kind of has to finish the season, I think. But none of them are going to be here next year. The Giants, I mean, Mara's Mara's cleaning house. Gettleman's going to be gone. Judge is going to be gone. He's going to clean house. And if Jones has a good – I hope Jones still has a really good season this year because with that, like, top draft – or a decent enough season where we can look and say – all right, we can draft a defensive, uh, an edge rusher, or we can draft. Wait, we get me started on Ojulari and his lack of playing time again because if I'm, he had a, he had another big play in this game and they're still not playing him enough. I don't understand. You have a competent edge rusher, play the guy. I just don't get it at all. Stop babying these players, dude. They're fucking professional football players. You spent a second round pick on this guy. Let him go play. My goodness, yeah, he had another sack. He had another sack, but he had an, he, I'm sure he barely had any time. He had no time on the field. But when he was on there, he got another sack. He just, and I Which think I, that sack was I a forced fumble. Coach. Dude, three sacks, coach. three games, and he's played like 12 plays. I don't know if it's that little, but that's what it seems like. So it's the coach. He's not evaluating talent properly, and he's just, he's too conservative. Like, I just, oh, it's very frustrating. I'm ready to move I, on. I, for your sake, I would almost I would almost hope that it's Joe Judge that takes the hit and let Garrett take the lead because I vote not to go too far off on a tangent, I swear, but I always wondered did Garrett get the short straw because of how controlling Jerry Jones is? Could he have done better as a head coach if he did not have Jerry Jones? I don't know, man. 
I don't know. He got a lot of, he got a long leash there. He was there. I have not seen a head coach get the kind of leash he he got. Always, man. He had teams, dude. Like, like Tony Romo Mm. is probably one of the best quarterbacks to never win the Super Bowl. I agree. And and he is tough as, he was tough as nails, dude. That dude, some of those plays he would make. He he would have played on one foot if he had to. And the best part, the thing about Tony Romo, too, is I love the fact that he just looked at Dak Prescott did the math and he's like this kid's really good i'm not going to stand in his way i'm just going to retire and like good just good dude and just listen and when you listen to him call games yeah because he's great intelligent he's he's great on cbs and all the old school commentators who like to say yeah they just wanted it more which okay boomer but uh I don't know why I went there, uh, but basically all the old school commentators fucking hate him because he's so in depth, but he does it in such an approachable and understandable way. And then people will say, well, once he's further away from the game in years, he won't be as good. And it's like, well, no, he's still going to be. Yeah, it's he's stupid. Never, once he, he's never enough, he's not the Dan Deerdorfs of the world who don't know how to like break a complex play down for people to understand in a simple way who just like to say, Oh, they won because they wanted it more. Or Tom Brady wanted it more. I fucking hate that shit. Sorry. I'm almost as angry as I am about the jets about bad commentating, but I, Tony Romo's great. It's crazy. I listened to Romo talk. I was like, I can't believe this guy is so smart. He never won a super bowl. Like it yeah. blows my mind. It just shows I you still, how smart other quarterbacks must be too. Like it's just, right. yeah. Right. I still, I still think back to, I think he, he and Nance called, a number of the playoff games and Super Bowl the year the Chiefs won. And I just remember a couple of times where he called, oh, now would be the time where I would do this, 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 and this. And almost every single time, bang, 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 it happened just how he called it. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't know how he was going to be as a commentator. And I think he's actually one of my favorite ones, if not my favorite one. Yeah, oh, yeah I he's agree. My fa- he's my favorite commentator ever. Like I remember, me and my, my my stepdad, who was an Eagles fan or was an Eagles fan, we uh, <laughs> we used to. Uh, well, he he was because he passed away, not because he stopped rooting for the Eagles. But um, I remember we were watching like Romo the first time, and obviously here's an Eagles and a Giants fan. We can't stand Tony Romo. We're like, this guy's fucking great, man. Just the great one. Um, the only um, let's move on from that. The only, um, the only, there's two things I want to touch on, uh, the botch field goal from the Lions Ravens game. And I just want to have another Aaron Donald gush session because once again, he completely ruined an offensive game plan by himself. And this time it was Tom Brady's offensive game plan. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. The Rams are going to the fucking Super Bowl. That bet's looking better and better every week. Yeah. Looks like a good bet. Yeah. That was, I, I gotta say, uh, he, yeah, that was fun. I mean, that was a fun it game. Was fun. It was probably it was so much. That was probably one of the Tom best Brady, games. That was a game, great game to watch. <laughs> yeah, my so, my favorite. I mean, Brady acquitted himself game. well, but he just it's not. He could. I don't. I don't think the Bucks are as good as they had. They have been. That's yeah. the thing. Dude, but I they're think good. So. It's Stafford still Stafford and McVay, dude. Stafford and McVay are gonna take. Oh, uh, you know. I you know. Stafford I, picked, might I think win I MVP didn't. I pick. Did I pick them? Because I think I picked them. I picked the Bills over the Rams. Bills over Rams is my pick. I are yeah. But yeah. yeah, so that was a great game. Um, Ravens Lions. Uh, my buddy's a Lions fan, and he told me he was sitting with his wife, and he goes, "She goes, what's going on?" And he goes, "Oh, the lion. Uh, if the Ravens win, if the Ravens basically have to make the longest field goal in NFL history in order to win this game." And he said, "His wife just goes, oh, so they're gonna make it?" And he was like, "Yep." And then <laughs> they did. <laughs> but, hold on. That field goal should Bullshit. never, have, should happened. never have happened, right? No, because there should have been a delay of game penalty on the you, previous play. Did you see, uh, but that's what I happens to the Lions. Remember the Calvin Johnson touchdown drop bullshit? Oh, like uh, yeah, this shit the, just. Yep. I, uh, one of my good friends is a Lions fan, so I am very much empathetic for their plight. But they get screwed over a lot by the refs, and it's like I like to think the Jets get screwed over a lot. The Lions get fucked by the refs so often; it is absolutely insane. Um, yeah, so that was a crazy field goal. The way it bounced went straight up. Or it looked like it went straight up on TV. That's wow. I mean, great job, but should have never gotten no. the chance. And I've seen a few of those field goals where they hit the crossbar and it it bounces straight back at them. And it's like, oh, almost had it. To and watch from it like 55 down. yards, not 60, whatever right. that was. That was a 66. That was a boot, yeah. man. And the fact that he even got it that far is unreal. So my my knowledge of how that went down, it was funny. So Tucker's on one of my fantasy teams. 
And I'm just checking my scores, and I'm looking I'm like 17 points. And then, like, you guys on Yahoo for fantasy? Uh, no, ESPN for everything, apparently. So Yahoo has the little blue boxes when there's recent news. And there mm-hmm. was recent news for the kicker. I'm like, well, if there's recent news from the kicker. Some shit went down. I've got to read it. <laughs> I got to see what's going on. That's how I found out he kicked that field goal. Bullshit, by the way. You don't get a bonus point for plus 60 on field goals. Absolute bullshit. Wow. Yeah, it's they, they haven't thought to do that. There's been I mean, plus, that's probably your league. I think there's I think plus yard field goals. I was the commissioner in a league. I think you actually could do that. Oh, so I, that's we probably we just, we that's that just that's your league. Good. Yeah, I yeah. gotta talk to the commission. This is your bullshit that. league. That's some bullshit right there. I should have got yeah. that didn't matter to me. The extra play I got creamed in that league. Only other, league. only other notable score that I could think of is uh I mean, Bills rolled Washington. Kind of knew that was gonna happen. Um for me, it was Packers 49ers was probably the game of the weekend. I mean, Aaron Rodgers gets the ball with what 37 seconds and just like Aaron executes Rodgers. on his Aaron Rodgers magic. And even when he spiked the ball and celebrated after he spiked the ball, it was like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Like that was a great game too. I mean, you got to give the 40, 49ers again, maybe because I'm a fan of the jets and I always am like, just used to looking for silver linings. It sucks to lose a game like that, but you played a great team and it went down to the wire. Like these things happen. Like that means you, you, you losing a game like that probably still means you're going to win a lot of other games. Right. So it's kind of like, it is what it is, but that was a great game. 49ers I think are legit. Yeah, they're a good team. Uh, that freaking it looks like it's looking like early on that the Seahawks are the odd team out in that division, and not the Cardinals. Which I would love because we have their first round pick. You okay. called that. You called that Vikings win. Yeah, man, I knew it was. I saw it coming. The Vikings. I, there's, if there was one zero and two team that I was not buying at zero and two, it was the Vikings. Because yeah. those that told about a team that had some hard luck losses to start the season. You know, losing to the Bengals in OT and then losing on a on a field on a field goal miss that should have been made against uh, Arizona. So I, I had, and I saw the way the Seahawks played. I'm like, I think the Vikings are going to put a whooping on them. So there's, there's that, a universe, that was a fun little money line win this weekend. <laughs> God, I, I hope the Seahawks are like, it won't happen, but how great would it be with the Seahawks were like four and 12 and the jets are like, Oh, and 16. So dude, then we can draft two more busts in the top five. Dude, the way, I'll tell you right now, the way they have to go through that NFC West gauntlet, like they're, I mean, they saw, I can keep forgetting. They still have Russ. So you know, he's yeah. not he's he's not gonna be able to overcome all defense. of the hurdles. The defense is bad in Seattle. Well, yeah. Jamal Adams, all he can do is be a hybrid linebacker. Yeah. He can't cover worth shit. Oh, um dude, we the minute that trade if only we if only we could use those draft picks we got for him to actually get good players, it would make it a great trade. But we seem anyway, enough about the Jets. They fleeced um, the Jets still fleece the Seahawks. You should be happy with that much. They did. They did. Cowboys, Eagles. Uh, yeah, that was kind of fun to watch the Eagles get rolled. Uh, yeah, other than that, whenever. Um, Anytime Raiders, Raiders, Dolphins was another great game, by the way. But uh, yes. yeah, it was. I hate the fact that the Raiders lost, obviously, uh, or Raiders won rather that the doll. I really, I, I, Nothing angers me more than seeing the Raiders <laughs> at the top of the division. I love that AFC West fans, like no matter who the rivals are, like the other three teams all hate the Raiders the most, no matter what. It is what. true. It's like <laughs> it's all the so true. <laughs> it's like hockey with all the Canadian teams will always root for the other Canadian teams in the playoffs when their team is out, except when it's Vancouver. They all just fucking hate Vancouver. <laughs> like it, it, it's like the the Broncos are like the almost said something really offensive and I caught myself. They're like the kid who tries really hard, but everyone on the team knows he sucks. So the Broncos are like, good job. Good on you. But the Raiders could be playing Tom Brady and I might actually consider rooting for Tom Brady just because I fucking the Raiders, the Raiders are right up there with the Cowboys and like you either love them or you hate them in terms of NFL fandom. Hate them. Yeah. There's no middle ground for the Raiders. Um, Though I do love watching 1970s Raiders reruns when they were really just like the brutal shit, brutal like players ever. <laughs> I don't know. I just I I know you put a lot of respect on his name, but every time I see Derek Carr, I swear to God he's wearing fucking eyeliner, and I can't stand it. You can't. Stand he's it. very good. He's, he's very good at quarterback. Yeah, he could he could wear eyeliner, lipstick, and have two noses. Don't care what he wears. Don't sometimes care what he wears that. Sometimes he looks numbers. like. Sometimes he looks like Jesse Pinkman when he's like angry. Jesus. 
I could see it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, quick, let's quick look ahead to week four. We've got some matchups coming up. We have big uh, intra-conf- interconference game between the Browns and Vikings, two teams I think looking to kind of uh, – we're kind of looking to see who they are and how well they play. They're, I, they're probably the – you know, I like the Browns in the game too. Uh, it is in Minnesota, but I like the Browns. I like the Browns' defense a lot. Um, Panthers-Cowboys could be a closet good game. I, I can't wait to see what the Panthers' defense could do against Dak. Um, Andy Reid coming back to Philly. That's a big thing this weekend. A huge NFC West matchup. Cardinals-Rams. That's going to be – all the NFC West teams are playing each other this week. But Cardinals-Rams is a yeah. big one. And obviously another the other big return this week, uh, Tom Brady going back to Gillette for the first time. Yeah, that's the one you're going to hear about the most because NFL media is just the worst. Well, I'm already sick of it up here. It's on all the local channels all the fucking time. Um, that's all I've got. Cool. Checkdowns will not win the game. Sorry. Jared, thank you for joining us, man. Yes, thanks, Jared. It's good to have appreciate you. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. And uh, fuck Philly. Let's go, Kansas City. There you go. We can all agree on that. All right, and uh, hope you guys liked our NFL wrap-up. So now we're going to move on to the Premier League. Usually we do this first, but today we're going to do it second. So what I'm going to do, I'm just going to run through some of the matches quickly. So we'll start with the Saturday morning. So first result was the big one, Chelsea 0, Manchester City 1. Way to make this match first for Americans. So we talked about this. Here's the deal. Um, 10 a.m. game in England, the 10 a.m. game for us is like, 3 p.m. there and that's like a blackout game so everybody plays at that time and you can only see the game in your area if your team sold out the stadium so it's that bullshit remember those blackout nfl yeah, rules where yeah, they blackout yeah, yeah. so they do that there they still do that if you don't sell out a game they black it out so it's actually all the broadcast stuff is really fucked up so that early slot that 7 30 is like the national game in a way that's when everybody gets to watch I mean, they should have put it on sunday yeah or they should have made but it a late saturday game but yeah, that Saturday 10 a.m. slot is uh, is basically just like a clusterfuck, and you can only watch the game in your area. So anyway, uh, overall, boring match. Uh, Chelsea just parked the bus, and they just tried to play balls to uh, Timo Werner and Lukaku, and they had a few okay chances. Uh, their best one was Kai Havertz was way offside, but Lukaku scored. Um, otherwise, Jay Cancelo took a shot from outside the box. The ball deflected off Gabriel Jesus, who somehow was able to find some space. He turned it around and just like bounced the ball off the turf to make it one nothing. But it was yeah. a pretty, it was a pretty fluky goal in a way. It was like impressive and fluky all at once. Yeah, yeah. City though were the better team, uh, not by a lot, but not they were the lot. better yeah. team. They had some good chances. Uh, I thought Grealish probably could have scored twice, but had both saved by the keeper. But yeah. Otherwise, my only other thought on this game is I want like did these two why did they both they both wore blue? Chelsea wore the Chelsea wore the dark blue, City wore the light blue. And to me, that just bothered me. It's like when you're playing FIFA and you forget to change one of the jerseys and you're playing like you you basically are playing like Aston Villa and West Ham are both playing in the Clarendon blue jerseys and you can't tell where the fuck you're passing it to. That's what it felt like. I wonder if they like walk through the tunnel and they were like Oh, one fuck. of us has to change. <laughs> I remember in the old hockey games I used to have, when I used to play hockey, I used to have that problem with the, obviously I played with the Devils, but when we played the Flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. same. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't tell where you were passing so, it. I was passing it to. I had to put like one, I had to put the Flames in like their black jerseys when I played those games because the Devils never had alternate jerseys back then. I yeah, although, they, I love, oh, Devils alternate. But anyway, I, I still play FIFA. Um, Manchester United, zero, Aston Villa, one. Uh, both sides, this was a fun match to watch. Both sides look strong on the attack. Uh, both keepers made some real nice saves, but in the 87th minute, Courtney House drilled a header in off a of David Luiz corner right in the near post. Now, it was a little bit uh, it was a little bit controversial, but only in the way that Manchester United fans can make the dumbest shit controversial. It's a goal that counts like nine times out of ten. But what was happening was, I think it was Ollie Watkins was kind of shielding De Gea but then right before the corner came in De Gea like pushed Ollie Watkins away and then the goal went in but everybody was saying that Watkins was in an offside position everybody is in Manchester United fans were saying that Watkins was in an offside position and it's one of those things 
where probably they're saying it shouldn't have been a goal because for Manchester United, it's probably never a goal against, but it seems like right. some of those calls are not going their way this year, which they're all frustrated about. For the rest of the league, that's a goal 100% of the time. And come at me, Manchester United fans. Uh, early stages of stoppage time, um, Slenderman impersonator and Ted Lasso superstar Mike Dean awarded a penalty to Manchester United for a handball <laughs> in the box by the goal scorer Courtney House. Uh this was the right call. So, dude, how brutal was that penalty, though? <laughs> oh man, it's, we're still waiting for the ball to come down. Uh, Bruno steps shit. up to the line, and now you might remember last week with a chance to get West Ham United level and give them a point. Mark Noble missed a penalty that was saved by De Gea. Well, karma struck. Karma, as Bruno karma. just kicked the ball into outer space, probably oh, knocked that Red Bull that's how I would have taken. That's how I would have taken that penalty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's been a rough week for Manchester United because after the 2-1 win where they scraped by against us, we beat the, we, our B team beat their B team in the Carabao Cup 1-0 and at Old Trafford. We don't need to get into that because we're doing a Premier League wrap-up, but boy, scenes. Um, what a great win. Uh, Man United, to me, feel like a collection of stars that don't know how to play together. That's what it seems like, man. Absolutely. When they win a match, it's because in this, this is why they do, they play well on the road. And this is, um, it seems like at home teams aren't going to attack Manchester United at home, but they are playing sort of a counterattacking style. But the fact of the matter is it always feels like on the road, they go down one nil and then like Pogba hits a screamer from outside the box or something like that. And that spurs a comeback, but it's always, it always feels like just an absolutely world-class play will get them back in a game or win them a game. And if they don't have that absolutely world-class play, they otherwise don't know how to break teams down. Do you think that improves as somebody, as, you know, they kind of, I mean, I can't even say they gel. I mean, Cristiano is really the only new. I think it improves with a different manager for them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mason Greenwood is really good though. That's the thing. If you go back and watch even just the extended highlights of the game, you're going to walk away with the opinion that Mason Greenwood is really good. Um, so, right. all right. And now on to the big one, Leeds United one, West Ham United two, uh, to start out West Ham kind of came out. They came out a little strong, but they were pretty poor defensively. And some of it was, it seemed like they had moved in the past last year, Rice would kind of stay back and cover the back four and Suchek would move up the field and, you know, end up in the other team's box. And it seems like those two have kind of switched positions in a way. And Rice isn't scoring the kind of goals Suchek scored last year. And Suchek is not as good defensively as Rice. So they need to, Moise needs to step in and fix that. But I say that with the, you know, final outcome of the game being Rice finding his way upfield. But in the 19th minute, Thomas Suchek was attempting a pass to back pass and kind of made a rare mistake. And, Rodrigo Moreno bounced on it. He found a streaking uh, Matsuas Klich, who I, if I mess, if I bungle these names, I'm sorry, I'm going fast. But basically he laid it off at the top of the box for Rafina, who slotted it home. And it was, you know, good goal for them. Uh, poor play from West Ham turnover. And from, from there, Leeds poured it on. Lead, West Ham were very fortunate to come out of that half down one nothing because uh, I think Rafina again hit the post at one point. It was... It was a tough half. They got, they really played, Leeds really played well. They were impressive. And right. again, West Ham were really fortunate to be down one, nothing at the half. Um, then in the 54th minute, West Ham looked like they'd tied it off a Thomas Suchek goal, but in uh, VAR showed that Mikel Antonio basically punched the keeper in the face. Uh, <laughs> if you go back and watch this too, you can't even make much of an excuse of it not being a dirty play, but I love Mikel Antonio. He's a great player. And he just, you know, Basically, his elbow came down and hit the keeper in the face, and then it looked like a keeper error at full speed. But then when they went back and watched it on VAR, it was like pretty clear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Leeds keeper, Alain Messier was fucking terrific. He stopped. He was like a brick wall back there. I mean, West Ham had a good amount of shots on target, and he just was like nothing for him. He was making great saves left and right. I mean, that's the other thing. Leeds probably should have been up more, but also West Ham probably could have had a couple of goals early based on just how well he played. But in the 67th minute, as fucking massive clubs like West Ham do, uh, Jared Bowen saw some space outside the box. Declan Rice passed it back to uh, Soufal on the wing and Jared Bowen saw some space outside the box. He ran out there, signaled, Soufal put a pass in and then Bowen cut inside and basically put a shot on goal, but it 
deflected off two. It was kind of crazy. It was like a pinball deflected off one Leeds United defender off the back of another and into the goal. Uh, Unfortunate, but the other side I'll say is West Ham were really forcing the issue at that point. We're creating a lot right, of chances, yeah, so they like definitely deserve something. It was and a, it was still a fluky goal, but they had create like you said they created so many chances that they almost like earned a fluky goal by that point. Yeah, and now uh, West Ham kept pouring it on at that point. I mean, they really didn't let up. And in the 89th minute, uh, new rival Nikola Vlasic finds found Declan Rice on a clearance. Now, if you watch this play, uh, Declan was actually cut so i'll just describe the play 89th minute Vlasic finds rice out in space rice carried the ball forward and put a pass into antonio in the middle of the field and antonio just takes this sublime first touch where the ball just goes right behind the defender and then he's there to collect it and slide it home and it was really high degree of difficulty goal but just absolute scenes the away fans ran onto the field getting tackled the players were going and high-fiving the away fans that were like getting tackled just absolute fucking scenes for the most massive club in the league. And just an unreal game. I mean, to come, I've seen City, I've seen United. I've never seen West Ham get battered, be fortunate. This is the, I'm just saying, this is the kind of game you see the big clubs play. Where right, they get yeah, I know. battered for a half and then they find a way to come back in the game and pour it on at the end to win. And that's what it felt like. It. I was like not used to watching a game like this. I was kind of getting a little irritated in the first half. And then I realized like, this is sort of that like club comes, big club comes out, plays poorly and then gets battered. But you know, they take advantage of a little bit of luck and come back to win it. So that goal, when Vlasic found rice up the field, I had also just been bitching about like how far rice, you know, how much rice is trying to be like a box to box midfielder and not covering the back four as much. So I was like, what the fuck is he doing up there? But then it was just unreal play. So that's a topic for another day. I wanted to go on about that game. Really happy, really just fun way to launch the weekend before the Jets just shit all over it. Um, so we move. <laughs> I uh, want to hear nothing about a shitty weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Everton two, Norwich zero. Um, Everton got a win at home. 28th, 25th minute VAR gave correctly gave a penalty and uh, Townsend just sent the keeper the wrong way and sent it home. Uh, 77th minute then to Everton bounced on a turnover and, uh, Abdullah Dukari just doubled the lead. Um, good goal. Uh, Norwich had no shots on goal. Not much more to say about this game. Nope. Uh, um, does, does Norwich, fair question. Does Norwich win this season? Yes. Probably against Spurs. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that's the truth. No, Spurs will at least uh, have the decency to make it a draw. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be like a, it'll be like one nothing, and then Norwich will have had no shots on goal, and their first shot on goal will be like a 90th minute uh, oh, yeah. saving. Yeah. And it'll deflect uh, in off like Eric Dyer or something. <laughs> yeah. Leicester 2, Burnley 2, absolutely batshit crazy game from my perspective so 12th minute burnley take the lead off a jamie vardy own goal off a burnley corner burnley did the burnley thing burnley basically created nothing but they have a bunch of big bodies that know how to win you know headers and that was it so yeah jamie vardy puts it into his net 37th minute though vardy makes up for it with just an absolutely like made a beautiful run and just put the shot into the corner classic jamie vardy goal uh 40th minute, just a few minutes later, though, Maxwell Cornick is burning the lead. He just a great finish off a cross, just classic Burnley, just playing balls to big defenders. And, you know, they do this thing where they like move everybody up the pitch, but then they go and launch balls to them and win them. So it's, it's just the Burnley thing. I still think they're going down. Uh, 85th minute though, Vardy tied it up with his second, but really when you think about the own goal, his third of the day and just another great run and the keeper was out of position. So he just had to pass it right into the goal. Um, Burnley though. So Lester put up like two, 2.1 expected goals and Burnley put up like 0.26. So it was just totally ridiculous. The statistics on this game, but Burnley almost had a winner and it was just, um, barely offside VAR called it back. They initially gave the goal. And so the Burnley commentators were losing their mind. Um, Dyke, Sean Dyche has a propensity to get points. His teams do not deserve. That's, that's the life of a lower, of a lower club, of a lower table manager. 
It's different with Burnley though. Do you notice that? It's just like, how have they, A, they finished seventh a few years back, which they I did. always forget about. I remember that, yep. But yeah, they just seem to, last year they probably should have gone down instead of Fulham. Like on every statistic, Fulham was better than them, but Burnley just found a way to get enough points to stay up. Uh, Watford won, Newcastle won. Honestly, not a lot to say about this. The Sean Longstaff's goal that opened the scoring was just an absolute strike from outside the box. Like, beautiful. Other than that, Newcastle bottled a ton of chances, and in the 73rd minute, um, Watford tied it up. The fu- the highlight of this game, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you should go back and watch it. It's like Newcastle commentary of the game. Newcastle had a late chance on a breakaway, and the player just shot it right into the keeper and the Newcastle <laughs> yes. commentator was just like, put the ball in the net. <laughs> oh, I got to find that. Oh, that's yeah. You great. should look it up. It was so funny. Oh. Um, points, probably the correct result. That was, I, one, I noticed Shire. That was a brutal, brutal shot. Like, Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Not much more to say about this one. Yep. Honestly, Sean Longstaff's goal and that call were the highlights of this game. Okay. Now we're talking, let's get to the most massive team in England. Their true most Brentford. massive team in England, Brentford. Yeah, match of the match of the weekend as far oh, as I'm concerned. Brentford players. three, Liverpool three. That's a, that's um, a win for Brentford in my book. <laughs> yeah, Burnley used to be the Giant Slayers. Now Brentford's Brentford seems to be the Giant Slayers. Yeah, uh, six minute. Uh, Mo Salah basically early, had an early chance cleared off the line. Like Liverpool came out swarming them, um, and it was just you know right off the bat but Burnley also were right in the game and just yep, absolutely. it was very stre- it was very stretched out like Brentford had a lot of good chances too that they were missing yeah as i said Brentford was like right up for the task like it, like if Liverpool came out flying and Brentford was not backing down whatsoever yeah 26 minute Ethan Pinnock guided across in just absolute lovely assist from Ivan Tony just back heel flip flick and uh gave Brentford a 1-0 lead but did you see this goal? No. Great goal. Oh. Then in the 35th, 31st minute, Diago Jada with just an absolute unmarked header off of Jordan Henderson cross. Like I, it looked like Norwich were defending. It looked like um, John Brooks was defending that header. But otherwise, <laughs> that, tie, that tied the game up for Liverpool. That's my second straight week of a John Brooks joke. So uh, probably going to have to retire that. 39th minute, Curtis Jones hit the post and just then crazy circumstance. Curtis Jones hits the post. The ball comes back out. Uh, David Ray just dives back across. It almost reminded me of like a Marty Brodeur save where he makes it at one end and then just like flings himself back across the goal to just make another, you know, prayer save. But cool moment there. Then in the 53rd minute, uh, Mo Salah just beautiful run and a finish off of Fabino ball right into the box. Initially it was ruled offside, but rightly they gave it to Salah. And then he had his, that was his hundredth career goal in the top flight he's pretty he's impressive been, he's been something what a player like, what is he been here for five seasons now four i don't even know it's I, not that it's not that not long that he had the, long yeah he's just amazing he i it almost feels like at some point he's gonna end up with like real madrid or something like that just that type of club is gonna want him because he just almost feels like too high of quality for the sometimes you see players like him and it almost feels like they're too high of quality for the premier league, even though it's the best league and toughest league in the world, as far as I'm concerned. Right. Sometimes those, you, those types of players end up going to the Spanish league where they can play a bunch of exhibition games. Um, Pad up their goal scoring totals. Yeah. Um, but despite all, beautiful that, though, goal. despite all that, Brentford was just kept fucking coming at them. No 63rd minute Vitali general, just off a header. Initially it was a chance off the crossbar and then, it was a weird one. Janel somehow just like was there, got the rebound. Nobody could mark him. And then he just taps it in with his head. So nice goal there. Both of, I would say the second two Brentford goals were a little fluky in the sense that Liverpool seemed like they were having a very hard time clearing the ball. This was not the best game I've ever seen Virgil van Dyke play, but um, 67th minute. Curtis Jones just oh you should look you should see this one this was just an absolute screamer outside the box and it was just unreal like how somebody can hit a ball that hard uh and at that point I really thought Liverpool had been given the win I think anybody watching were like okay Brentford's probably going to mount a resistance here but like this is a late enough goal this probably gave Liverpool the win but 82nd minute 
Yane Wisa just off across again, Liverpool were kind of scrambling. They couldn't clear the ball and he was able to clean it up and score an equalizer. And it was just home fans went nuts. Just absolute scenes there at the, uh, you know, community, community, uh, Brentford, what is it? Brentford community stadium. Something that place like is cool. That. Yeah. That place is cool, man. There's only like, I think it only fits like 20,000 people, but it is loud. They have quite a home field advantage. Yeah. I, um, I saw the, I, I've, I've seen the Jones go like, unbelievable the pace on that on that kick yeah, yeah. blows my mind yeah. uh this blows my mind sometimes when you see some of these goals these guys and how hard they can kick a fucking soccer ball yeah um i would just say my takeaways from this game uh not virgil van, van dyke's best game and liverpool in general pretty late had a tough time clearing balls into the box um they had only allowed one goal this season up until this point and three today so player like virgil van dyke it's a tough game for him. You can't imagine he's going to have too many of those at all in a season. I mean, he's one of the all-time greats. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, real fun game to watch. What are your thoughts? Um, my thoughts are just Brentford, Brentford, and Brentford. I mean, what I can't see them going down. There's no way they're going down. I mean, they keep they dip. They play with too tough and with too much energy, and they bring it. And they even bring it against the top clubs. They've can. They're just. Teams are going to figure they them now out have had a little two, bit. They now but... have had two impressive showings against the quote unquote big six. Yeah. You know, we, we get them next, uh, next week, I think. So that'll be a good one. Um, Cause now they truly play like a really massive club. Uh, I feel like this is going to be an interesting test for West Ham and just, oh, absolutely. Approach, you know, how, how, how serious are they going to take this match or they go, you know, I They're... feel like you, they're taking everything seriously. Yeah. Uh, Moise, Moise isn't really letting too many go by. Uh, we, we were, we're worried about Thursday night first uh, home game in Europa, but then Sunday will be uh, West Ham Brentford. Um, South. Uh, I, last thought on Brentford for me, I just, if they continue playing like this at home with that crowd, I just can't see them not picking up enough points, even just at home to stay up. I, I don't see it. I just think there's, I, I mean, they there's, will stay. There's, up, there's but... undoubtedly about six or seven or eight teams who are questionably not as good as them in the league. Yeah. Hell, one of uh, them might be Tottenham. <laughs> yeah, one of them is Tottenham. <laughs> one of them uh, might be Tottenham. Southampton zero, Wolves one. Uh, best part about this game, after everything Raul Jimenez yeah, has been through exactly. the last year, just to see him get on the score sheet was giving goosebumps. Awesome. Great. Uh, just awesome. Yeah. yeah. Not much else to say about that nope. game. Uh Big one, Arsenal three, Spurs zero. The North London derby delivered Woo! mostly heartbreak. Um, so Smith Rowe in the twelfth, Aubameyang in the twenty seventh, Saka in the thirty fourth. This was so like last. I didn't even talking, bother writing down the Spurs goal in my notes. We, Sorry. Yeah, Sonny, Sonny got one back for us. Yeah, it was three one. Sonny got one back. I you wrote, you wrote three zero, and, and I forgot that Sonny got one back until you just said it. That's how like checked out of this match I was in the second half. Um, I can see why reporters like blowouts because I was watching this match. I wrote up my notes on it and I stopped watching and was like done. <laughs> like you get why reporters like blowouts because they can write their story and then move on. Spurs did this thing where like once again, like Nuno came out in the first half and had it set up so they could play on the front foot and play aggressive. The problem is just nobody fucking showed up for this match except for Yumbin Sun. Like, Harry Kane played hard, but he was not clinical at all. The rest of the, they just got eaten alive in the midfield. The minute Arsenal could, like, get the ball on the counter, it was just over. Like, they, it's like Arsenal would start attacking the way on the counter, and the midfield just stood there watching. Deli Alley looked like he had no business wanting to play, like, looked like he didn't want to play football at all. It was just a really brutal, like, I can't believe He's how really falling off. Yeah, and I just can't believe how lifeless they came out for a North London Derby, man. Like, that was what happened in this game. They came out, I think, with the right approach. They were coming strong, aggressive, playing on the front foot. They just didn't care, it seemed like. Which, that's scary to see them not care about a North London Derby in September under a new manager. That is a really, really bad sign. And we might be in another season, which would be, what, the third straight season Spurs we move a manager mid-season and people think they're gonna figure it out there's a lot of commentary about there about how Spurs are gonna figure it out I what yeah I don't see it I don't see it either man I just 
Harry Kane looks like a one-away striker, you know. Especially, and I thought especially, we especially both we match. both thought we both thought that he could cause a lot of trouble for Arsenal's back line just by running at them. Which, but it seemed like he did that a little bit early, and did, then it didn't work, and he stopped. Yeah, but he, he, he it did it didn't work, and then he stopped making those runs. Yeah, and that was what I saw there. And then all um, of a sudden, it's three 0 and no one gives a fuck anymore except Son. Son went hard the whole game. He deserved his goal. Um, he was, you know, he had a couple. He pretty much was responsible for any positive Tottenham talk. Him alone. I thought you guys might pull a West Ham and you know come back from three nothing down. Well, yeah, he third. got the one yeah. goal late. And it was like, all right, at least at least the last ten minutes. See this out. Watching, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But at that point, I had already flipped the Giants on and had Spurs on mute. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, last game was Monday Night Football. Brighton with a chance what, what to go in, top of the table. Crystal what Palace won. Brighton won with, with, with Mopay. Uh, so basically, I have to look up. I didn't take good notes on this one. I have to look up the goal score. Will you look up the goal scorer for Palace? Basically, it was Zaha, the Palace Zaha, goal. Zaha, Zaha yeah. yeah. And you know, so he went over to the Brighton fans and was just like doing, putting his hands on his ears, like I can't hear you. And you know, they have a history there. This is a derby too. This is like a rivalry nobody seen there's a history there um but it's not worth getting into here it's long you should look it up on youtube but basically um that was for the fans of our show the but anyway <laughs> I, mean, I should look it up too because i don't yeah. know about the palace brighton rivalry either yeah it's a real rivalry so basically um zaha scored put his hands on his ears and you know this is one of those like palace had been playing so well and it just really, you really thought maybe Palace could hold on. And this would have been such a big win for them. But then Mape scored late in like the 95th minute. And it was just like, you were almost like feeling bad for Palace. You're like, come on, just a little bit more guys. But they couldn't do it. But Mape went up to the Palace fans and did the same like hands on his ears thing from earlier in the game. And it was just some great shit, Housery. Okay, uh, right. Brighton could have gone top. They're still in the top four, but you know crazy or are they they might be fifth uh, it doesn't it almost doesn't matter in a way because everybody's like two points apart right now right. but uh yeah this was brighton's chance to go top of the table for the first i think it's the first time in their history um everybody yeah six, so six, six, they're six now okay yeah uh, but they're six on so two through six off 13 yeah and then six, west city. hammer seventh with like i think we're on 11 right they're now 11. Yeah, and the Golden City's got an 11, plus 11, plus Chelsea, plus 10. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Just the one from you. <laughs> Just the last good moment to be a Spurs fan. <laughs> Champions of August. <laughs> You'll Champions never say that. Champions of match day one. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, great weekend of action. Uh, I, am, if you can't tell, I'm still fired up about the West Ham win. Uh, looking forward to, we are, I think we're bringing in Genk, Genk, I think it's pronounced, in the Europa League group stages, second match. I think it's Genk, yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited about that one. First Europa League home match under the lights. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then Sunday, it's West Ham Brentford. Who does Spurs have? They got Murrah for Conference League. I don't even know where that is. And then is that the one with the train going through the stadium, or the it's on a, a it's on like a baseball field. Oh, I didn't even talk about this on the pod, but I stayed and worked from home for Europe for West Ham's uh, first ever Europa game in the group stages, and oh my god, that was so much fun when Rice, Declan Rice, just the sideways passing merchant can't pass it sideways, so he breaks sixty yards down the field and passes it sideways in the net. I did not come up with that. That's uh, West Ham clips. Great quote. Uh, yeah. Spurs oh, you're playing Bills. Villa. Bill's got Villa over the weekend. Villa, yeah. Newcastle, and then you and I, my friend. Yeah, yep. I'm excited for that. <laughs> uh, big one is Liverpool, Man City. Man City with two weekends in a row of playing other uh, top four clubs. If they come away with three points, that's going to be pretty big later on in the season. Because yep. generally when these top teams play each other, you get what Chelsea did, where Chelsea, they both just sit back. It's a really boring game and they settle for a point each. And then they try to, you know, clean up on the rest of the league. So it was kind of cool because Man City really did go for it. And uh, hopefully, I think Liverpool will try. Well, they're going to be at home. So they're going to really, I think, come out strong and try yeah, to win that. Real strong. Yeah. 
Cool. Okay. That's all I got. That's all I got too. So uh, on that note, it's been this has been Pop Sports Shorts. I'm Dan. He's Matt. Thank you, Jared, for joining us earlier to talk some NFL. And um, everybody enjoy their NFL and Premier League action this week. NHL starting soon. So I almost feel like next proper pop sports shorts issue we should probably start talking about some nhl previews for the prop so do our bonus and then for the proper pod yeah yeah we gotta we gotta talk devils we gotta talk about a uh, mckenzie blackwood not wanting to get vaccinated it's crazy because i've never seen him turn away a shot <laughs> it's rare oh I, right. have so, I, I, I struggle so much on how i feel about like libertarian me struggles so much about how i feel about all this with vaccinations and mandates. So I just, I, I'm having a real hard time with it all. And we can get into it more in a full We can episode. do an episode, a libertarian episode yeah. called Pop Sports Classical Liberal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just more of those, it's just, there's, there's so much I want to get into with it. And then like the inconsistencies with each league is it's going to be an issue too. Like the NBA is handling it so much different than the other leagues are. And it's going to be, it's, it'll make for an interesting chat maybe next week. I'm sure we could talk a little NBA because that's starting. Yeah, we could probably bring that in. Yeah. That's one we should probably bring back Matt. I'll start bugging him now. Okay, yeah, absolutely. Anyways, um, let's listen to Fourth Wall Network. All our good friends are there too, like Big Heck and Wade and their adventures and the Pop Culture Collective and the Crossroads and Getting Grilled and Use Some Up Here and Smoking Jays where you can catch our guest Jared. And I feel like I'm forgetting one new normal wrestling. That's the one. So, everybody, uh, check all that good stuff out. Buy some swag from us, and we'll see you all soon.